24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Devil the Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devil Drumming Show. This week, Oscar nominee, we've got Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul, how's your week been? Yeah, hi, Rob, you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Busy at work and what have you, but I'm very excited, looking forward to to the match on uh, on Friday night at Wigan. It's uh, it's a bit of a dream at the moment, third top in the table. We've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes, have we? So uh, I had to pinch myself this week and... No, it's been amazing, been amazing, and uh, I'm very, I'm, I am nervous, and I'm not nervous for Friday, because we've got a safety net, haven't we, if we, get, if we do get beat, we've got another goal, so I'm, I'm not as nervous as normal, but uh, no, I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing at the moment, and everything's, uh, everything's good, mate. Yeah, I say Oscar nominee, because you were the star of the club's uh, recent promo video, uh, fantastic performance from yourself, Oscar, you know, worthy, I think. Well, I thought the players were the stars of it, really. I only read the script out that, that Michael Burke asked me to, to read. and It was very nice to be asked to do that, actually, Rob. Um, quite humbled, really. I didn't, you know, wasn't expecting that. and got the phone call on Friday afternoon saying, can you just read read this script for us? I didn't really know what it was about. I didn't know where it was going or anything. So, so yeah, it was very nice of him to ask me. And it was good because I think a lot of people liked it, didn't they? The, the supporters and other people of other clubs, it's... He's put us up there, hasn't he? You know, good things like that. And I know Michael does a lot of good work for the BBC, doesn't he, as well? So um, he's, uh, you know, an expert in his field, really. So I just, uh, I just went and did, did what he, did what I was told to do, really. And it took about fifty odd takes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whether that they'd hire me again to do anything. But uh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And as I said before, anything I can do to help the club is a pleasure. Yeah, it was uh, created by Tryline Productions, Paul. I've clipped it so we can have a listen. Uh, so let's uh, let's have a quick listen a bit. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. No, no, it's not that one. Uh, give me a second. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Oh, it's not that one either, Paul. Oh, it is. They said we had no chance. But once in a while, in every sport, a group of players come together to defy the odds. Where courage and heart overrides any kind of logic. 
men of steel continually rise to the occasion. It's a spirit that you cannot buy. A passion that you cannot manufacture. This is our time. Our season. Salford Red Devils are rising. A worthy Oscar performance there, Paul. Well done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> when I was when I was reading it, he sent it to me on like um, like a WhatsApp on my phone, and I said to my missus, I said we was out on Friday afternoon. My missus, I was having a drink, having a brew with her, and I said, how am I going to remember this? I mean, it's only a couple of lines, but I can't remember this. But luckily on uh, on Friday night, I just did it a line at a time, so so it was it was nice and easy. I think that's what what all actors do. They have to remember the lines anymore do they to just uh, I think the, the days of like editing now and things like that it just makes it dead easy doesn't it yeah yeah I, t- I told Ian Blaze and Ian Watson that there was a new sheriff in town and they had to step aside because the, the white side is in, is in town Oscar winner what Paul Whiteside is, is, is there well I like himself to Sean Bean on Twitter <laughs> you know doing the voiceovers and that somebody commented on it saying uh, more like Mr Bean <laughs> so <laughs> like yeah it's very very nice of him. but no I enjoyed it I enjoyed it it was good good stuff yeah, fantastic. Well done, Paul. Other celebrations this week, Paul. We know um, that we know. Obviously, you have a little dabble on the old uh, with the, with the bookies sometimes. How's your how's your better go betting going? Recently? Uh, well, I've had a few um, had a few uh, cock ups really. I put some money on Berry to finish in the playoffs in football, and then I found out that they were going into administration. And the week after, they went under, didn't they? So I, I cashed out on that one. Um, I also bat Bolton Wanderers a couple of times this season because the odds were massive on them and I didn't realise they sold all the players so I've lost a few quid on them um, I did have a bet on Canberra Raiders at the start of the season to win the Australian Grand Final uh, so I got about 10-1 to 1, I think on that and they're doing really well I think they've made it through to the semi-finals now. they need to win two games so that, I could be on a winner on that one that's the only one I've got going at the moment all my rugby league bets have, uh, have gone belly up so I'm just uh, relying on, uh, on Canberra Raiders now to pull me out of the fire yeah, I'm a bit. Of a, they call me budget Bobby when it comes when it comes to betting. I'm, a, I'm like I do a lot of accumulators for small for small um, you know pennies we'll call it. So put a quid on and a seven team accumulator on Saturday. It came in like a like a like a racehorse, Paul. Uh, United, Tottenham, Blackburn, Preston North End, Sunderland, Rotherham United, and Port Vale. I salute you for coming in and bringing me two hundred twenty quid off two quid. Happy days. That's that's quality. What are you going to do with that two hundred twenty quid? Though, and I lump it on something else. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to put it back. <laughs> that's always my plan. Every time I've had a little win, something like that, I always lump it on something else. And I've said to Ellen, I've said a few times, this is how you become a millionaire. You get on like a winning streak, don't you, and start putting it on, and it builds and builds and builds. But it never works. I always end up losing it in the second one. And never mind. But you dares wins, don't you? To say. So. <laughs> yeah, I always put two quid on every. Obviously, you've got to bet responsibly. That's what that's what you know people say, don't they? So every week, put two quid on. So for the next like two years, it's free bets every week for me. Well, that's it. It's only like doing the lottery, isn't it? Exactly. So good news for for both of us this, this week. Uh, loads of uh, Salford Devils chat this week. We've got all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. We've got all the uh, review of the uh, the win against Hawkins the Rovers, a Golden Point victory. We've got interviews with Christian Inu and Ben Nekumbawai. We've got Watson, Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got your amateur report, and then we're going to preview the big game 
against Wigan, our first playoff game uh, on Friday. So there's lots to crack on with, isn't there? There certainly is, mate. It's all exciting stuff. It really is. There's a lot of anticipation this week, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing the podcast, mate. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. So what we'll do, we'll start off with a victory against Hawkinson Rovers on Friday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, so for Devils were victorious in Golden Point Extra Time. They beat Hulkington Rovers 17 points to 16. A Christian Inu Golden Point drop goal, the difference, Paul. A great win. Well, it was a good win. I don't think the first half performance was great, but it was a game that showed how far we've gone. We've come because we found a way of winning. Yeah, he certainly did. No, you're right. The first half performance was a bit scratchy, really, as they, as they say. But it was difficult circumstances because all Kingston Rovers had an awful lot on that game, didn't they? They were desperate to win that game and they played like a desperate side. They chased everything. Their their effort, I thought, was fantastic. And, you know, they did themselves proud, really. They played really well. And, you know, we we had to combat that, really. I mean, I know we had things to play for, but they, they really did sort of have a win at all cost mentality about them. I thought they, they sort of slowed the, slowed the game down, didn't they? And played it at their sort of pace. And, um, you know, they, they played some good stuff as well. But, you know, we, we hung in there and I thought the second half we, we came into our own then and we come back into the game, scored uh, scored a couple of tries and then uh, obviously the golden point extra time win was was quality really. I mean, it was like the stage was set there for Danny Maguire, wasn't it, on his last ever, ever game after a wonderful career he's had. And I remember thinking, I spoke to, to Roy Ellaby who sits behind me and he was uh, nailed on saying, oh, Maguire's going to drop the, drop the winning goal. But it didn't happen. You know, it seems different this season. You know, we, we're hanging in there and that was a sort of a if you like a St. Ellen's type win, wasn't it? You know, where you, you win it at the death and we don't often win games like that, do we? I mean, obviously won the million pound game, didn't we? But it was it was nice to get the victory and, you know, go eight wins on the spin and just keep that momentum going. Yeah, the team uh, lineup was Niles Evans at fullback, Ken Seo, Chris Welland, Jake Bibber, Christian Inu, Jackson Hastings, uh, Tui Lola here, Adam Walker, Logan Tonkins, Lee Mossop, Josh Jones, George Griffin, Luce Forwards, Greg Burke, on the bench, Joey Lusick, Ben Nakamboi, Ryan Lannan, and Josh Jones, like you said, scrappy in that first half. But do you think, I thought the players, the nerves got to the players, I thought, because obviously it's a big game. We could possibly relegate Hull Kingston Rovers. That kind of must have weighed on the mind, obviously, because, you know, we've been there before, haven't we, relegations? It, it can cost jobs, can't it? So I think when it got to half-time and, and you kind of realised that Wakefield had their own uh, sort of destiny in the old, their own hands, everyone kind of relaxed a little bit on both sides uh, and we, we showed the class in the end. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was. It, you know, it was. It was a nervous game, and it, it's must win now, isn't it? It's the, the big game mentality. It's a different kind of pressure that's on you. I think there was a bit of expectation on Salford on Friday night because we won seven games on the spin. You come back to the AJ Bell Stadium to play in front of your home crowd and a very good crowd as well. It was buzzing the atmosphere on Friday night, which is uh, which is fantastic. And you know. I, I think the supporters wanted that win, didn't they? You know, it's the last sort of regular game of the season, and to go into the playoffs, I think it's good to go into the playoffs on the back of a victory. I mean, the last time we got in the playoffs, I think 2006. I'm pretty sure we got hammered at London on the last regular game of the season. I have to check my scorebook, but I'm sure we got stuffed at London. And obviously, went into that on the back of a, a defeat, and then you sort of season fizzles out. Whereas we're going into this playoffs on the back of a tremendous run, eight wins on the spin, and. Um, no, it was it was a good performance, good good display from the pack, and we uh, we took our chances when they came. Chris, you know, though, was uh, was excellent. You know, dropping that goal late on there, and our first drop goal of the season. I mean, that's quite a stat, that isn't it? I think most teams have had a few drop goals, but for us to go all season and leave it to the sort of the last last minute in extra time, I thought was amazing. Yeah, 
do you think obviously that the, the pressure of being the favourites kind of affected us a bit? Because obviously it's a different scenario than we're, we're kind of used to out where we're usually the, the the underdog, aren't we, going into games? But you know, this time Hulking's Rovers were were you know in the relegation battle. We were looking to finish in that that top three. So I think it was kind of like the players getting used to that sort of uh, scenario, which is going to you know work out you know well for us in the end because we found a way of winning, didn't we? Yeah, we certainly did. I think going into this game on on Friday night now. We are the, the underdogs, I think, going to Wigan, aren't we? I mean, they, they've got a better record than us, haven't they? I think they've won 12 out of the last 13 games. So they're on form, they've finished above us in the table. So the pressure won't be on us on, on Friday night, really. Um, so in that game against Hawkins and Rose, yeah, I thought the pressure was on us. And it's it's a must-win game now, and it's becoming that, that sort of the season, the business end of the season. And now they're all big matches. And um, yeah, you've got to deal with that pressure, haven't you? But I think we proved it. We can. We've got that belief now. Whereas at the start of the season, we'd have probably lost that game. You know, look at back at the, some of the games we lost. The, the Magic Weekend game we lost against Hawkeye um, in a very, very similar circumstances. A very close game. We lost a, a cup game at home to Hulkington. We lost at home to Huddersfield. Lost at home to Hull. We lost games, you know, Wakefield and Cassaway. Games that you, you know you'd expect us to probably go and win now. So I think we've grown as the season's gone on. We've grown in belief, and I think we've grown as a team as well. And well, we all thought that when Robert Louis left, it could be the you know it could be curtains for us, but it wasn't. Two Lola years come in, and you know I think we're a better side now than what we was at the start of the season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I just think, like, like you said, um, that first half was scratchy, but it, was, it felt the same as you know when we lost to Huddersfield. It felt the same kind of performance that first half, but they've learned from that experience. Ian Watson obviously got them together at half time, but we don't know what was said in, in the in the sheds at half time, but. I'm sure, you know, he thought back to that game and, and he, he decided that, you know, they were doing stuff, you know, different this time around. And, you know, he, he come away with a good win. Um, you know, obviously, a last-minute try from, from Joey Lucic to tie the scores. Fantastic video uh, from Kari Morris, you know, showing the, the passion behind the, the post and the fantastic try by uh, Joey. Yeah, it was. I mean, like that's that's two weeks running now. Joey Lucic's got us out of trouble, hasn't he? He scored the... You know, the game-clinching try at Leeds, he scored that there, what, with 40 seconds to go. And, you know, when you think about it, defence has won us a lot of games this season, I think. You know, we've, we've scored a lot of points. We've scored, we're second in the point scoring and, and try scoring behind St. Helens, which is tremendous effort. I think it's the most points we've scored in the season since, like, the 30s. So, we have done tremendously well. But it's been built on defence as well. You know, we're, what do we let in at Leeds with 10 points? Uh, I'm sure Ulkar scored. I'm just having a look on my phone. I think they scored two tries, Ulkar, didn't they? So, um, you know, to keep teams to two two or three tries a match, you, you're in with every chance of winning the game, then, aren't you? And uh, it is, it's been built on solid defence our games this season, definitely. Yeah, we went into a, you know, extra time. Our first golden point, uh, extra time experience. I think that's a good thing, obviously, moving into the playoffs to experience that new kind of, kind of uh, you know, play. Because uh, you never know, it might happen again in, in the playoffs. I thought, you know, we played really uh, compact. We didn't give Ulkington Rovers an opportunity uh, and we took ours when it came at the end. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and it, like you say, it could happen in the, in the playoffs. I think in the playoffs, golden point extra time works for a league game. To me, I, I think it's a bit of a bit of a silly concept. I think a draw was a fair result there on Friday night. And to me, a draw should in a league match. I think a draw should, should stand at the end of the game. I don't think you should have to go to extra time. It would have suited both of us anyway. We'd have finished third, and okay, I would have stayed up anyway with a, with a draw, wouldn't they? So I think both sides would have would have settled for that. But uh, but no, it's a concept that it brings in. It certainly adds to the excitement, doesn't it? And I spoke to a few people on, on Friday night who had not watched Salford before, and they were saying how, how great the atmosphere was, and you know what a tremendous end to the game. And I think for a, for somebody who's new to the sport, new to the sport of rugby league, and have just gone to that game on Friday, you know, I think they'd have really enjoyed it, especially the end of it. There, I mean, what a great finish! And you know, 
the atmosphere and the excitement there was tremendous. Yeah, what a drop goal, obviously, as well. The, the, the kind of fake as well. You know, that, that's pressure that, obviously, Christian Anu dropped the goal. Uh, but it shows that, obviously, when it comes to push, comes to shove in the big games, the big moments, you know, we will deliver. That's right, yeah. And, and speaking to Watto after the game, he mentioned that they'd been practising those sort of plays because I, I think they knew it was going to be all on. Hulking Strovers were going to go there and, and fight for everything, weren't they? And, and they did on the night. And um, yeah, I think they practised those plays, didn't they, in training? And Christian Inu, you've only got to speak to the players at the club, speak to Watto. He's, he's a good trainer. Some of the stuff he, he, he comes up with on the training field, I believe, is. He must be quite entertaining to watch, but he's got that about him. He's got that X factor about him. He comes up with some miracle plays sometimes. And you look back to some of the tries he scored this season, some of the tries he set up this season, and particularly that try that sticks out in my mind, the one at Hull away from home where he jumped in the air. So, uh, so yeah, he's done tremendously well. And, you know, he had to stay calm there at the end, but he made it look so easy the way he dropped that goal over. I spoke to Ben Nakamuai and dropped goal hero Christian Inu after the game. And this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Ben Nakambuai. Good win that. Oh, definitely. Like was, we wanted to cement that uh, third spot place. So, so happy we got the win tonight. Yeah, really tough game. Going into extra time, both sides grafting. Mm-hmm. Especially you forwards are down the middle. Plenty of hard work there. Oh yeah, you should have. Uh, like you saw the, the whole game. Like they, they didn't go away. They didn't. Um, they put up a fight the whole game. So it wasn't. It wasn't like we went in and it was an easy win. Like. It was hard the whole game and you could see towards the end they end up going to Golden Point and um, that's why you saw the reaction when um, Inu kicked that field goal, like that's why the whole bench went up because everyone was so invested in the game and everyone put all their effort in so it was good to see that effort rewarded in the end. Yeah, playoff rugby now for Salford Devils, we've got goal Wigan next week, there's no fear going there is there? Oh, definitely not. Um, we've made it this far. Our goal, we made a goal at the start of the year. We wanted to go all the way, and where we're taking steps now. Like we just got two more games left, and um, yeah, who knows? But we definitely believe in ourselves, so th- that's all we can do, really. Yeah, big thanks, Talk to us in Devil Detail. So I'm joined by Christian Inu, drop goal hero tonight. Fantastic win for Salford Devils. Yeah, I wouldn't say hero. I should have got my goal kicks, then I wouldn't have to do that. So yeah, <laughs> now nah, it was a good, good result, obviously, to to come away with the two points and and uh, sit us at third. So we're happy. Yeah, obviously another tough game. Eight on the spin now for Salford Red Devils. We have got to go to Wigan Warriors next week. We've got no fear going there, have we? Nah, never. You can't you can't fear your opposition, no matter who it is. They're they're in the informed team at the moment. They've been playing awesome, and um, to see the way that they've been playing lately, we we've got our. Um, got our work cut out for us is it, is it the first time you've played in a golden point uh, extra time nah no. not, not my first time I've been in a few now so uh, fortunate enough we, we come away with the on the winning end yeah obviously next week Wigan Warriors super excited about that the fans are all excited outside our top you know performance going forward hopefully we can uh, do something magical Wigan yeah definitely we, we always come up for the challenge and I know there'll be two I'm sure they're they're uh, going to be doing their homework as, as, as we will be um, but excited exciting times to, to go over there and, and play brilliant again. big thanks for talking to us in Devil Detail so that was Christian Inu and Ben Nakambuai talking to me after the game Paul and both you know very happy with the performance obviously Christian Inu disappointed that his goal kick didn't sort of make the difference but happy that his drop goal did yeah, well, he missed a quite a comfortable kick from under, sort of just under the post, didn't he? In the, was it in the second half? I think he hit the post from it, didn't he? And then a couple of minutes later, he he belted over um, 
a kick from the, almost the halfway line, about 40 yards out, a penalty goal. So he, he's been very reliable with his kicking this season. We've only got a look at the goal scoring charts. I think he's sort of fourth in the top goal scoring charts, about 70 odd goals now, almost 80 goals. So he's been the difference, as we said before, in a lot of the games this season. Goal kicking's been good. We've been going up in sixes. It's a big psychological boost. And when you've got a good defence as well, you're going to win more matches than you lose. Yeah, like I said, they've got confidence in their ability. They're starting to sort of believe in, in this fairy tale that we could go all the way. And they've got that will to win, you know, which all good teams have, Paul. And, you know, it's a good sign moving into the playoffs. We're the form side with eight on the spin now. You know, people are going to fear us, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's the old adage, isn't it? Confidence and... Um... Momentum and, and confidence. Where does it go? Where did it come from? How many times do I say that in a season? But it, it's true. It's true. It definitely is. Winning's a habit. Winning and losing have become habits. And I think once you get that winning habit and that mentality, you know, people say don't they about luck or we've not had any luck this season. I think it's true. You make your own luck, don't you? When you're winning, you've got that extra drive, haven't you? And I think Jackson Hastings is very good at that. He gives the, the players the extra boost and they chase the lost causes. And, and and that's what that that's what happens in the in the matches. You get that momentum and you get on that that winning roll. I don't think we fear anybody at the moment. No, I think you could you could play Wigan, you could play St. Helens away, we're a place where we've not won for almost forty years. And I think the players would go there and and, and give it a massive go. I really would, and I wouldn't back against Salford getting to the grand final. I mean, I'm probably the, one of the most cautious Salford supporters going, but I, I believe we could do it. I really do. Um, we've just got to keep taking each game as it comes and. and I don't know, it, it just seems like it's written at the moment, it's written in the stars, I don't know, there's something special about this season and things seem to be going right. I know obviously it, it could all end, you're only as good as your last match, aren't you, in rugby league and things could uh, could go pear-shaped at any time, but I think you've just got to enjoy it while, while, you, while the going's good. Yeah, well, there's no pressure on us, Paul, we're, we're you know, playing very, very well at the moment, nobody tipped us to be in the position, we're you know, in control of our own destiny, aren't we? Uh, yeah. and, that, and that's a great thing you know, to be in and and you know, I look round and you see everyone's getting super excited about it. I just hope that the players are remaining focused and, and sort of concentrate on one game at a time, like you said, because if we continue to play with the same sort of drive and the same sort of script that we're following at the moment, you know, we, you know teams won't be at liberty. as simple as that. I think teams will be fearing you, Rob, and I've never thought of that before. I've always thought of St. Helens and Wigan as a step above us and they don't fear us because they've got so many resources, so bigger squads than us. But I think now... Perhaps they are doing because, you know, they might have big squads and that, but you can have as many squads, players as you want, as much money as you want. But if you've got that belief and that desire um, amongst, you, amongst your set of players and, and that confidence and that, that team spirit and that camaraderie as well, that everybody's got to solve at the moment, you know, the coaching staff, what's all the players, the supporters even. You know, you look at the bond that, that ties us all together and that's very powerful and it can be hard to stop and... You know, you look at the players coming out at the end of the game. They've all got smiles on their faces, and they they believe. I think they believe they can they can do it this season. And uh, you know, it's a uh, it is good. It, we've waited a long time for this, and I think to finish third, whatever happens in the playoffs now, Salford to finish third. That's our highest finish since 1976 when we won the championship. We've never finished in the top three since. Uh, we finished fourth a couple of times, but never third. So I think to finish third with a squad, resources, and everything that's gone on the last couple of years, I think it's an absolutely fantastic achievement. It really is. Yeah. Uh, looking at the, the stats, Paul, uh, top meter makers, India with 145, uh, Lee Moss at 141, Josh Jones 165, George Griffin 140, Adam Walker 106. Like I say every week, if you can get five or six players over 100, you're, going, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, he certainly are. He certainly are, isn't it? I think Lee Mossop, for me, one, he's been one up there every week. His uh, performance has been absolutely outstanding. And, 
Um, I know Gil Dudson missed that game um, through a bit of a precaution means he's on the back this week, I believe he's in the squad, but how Gil Dudson didn't get in that Great Britain trip, well, I'm not too sure. I think Lee Mossop as well, those two have been form props all season. Moss of the yards he's making at the moment, aggression he runs with. I think he's going to be a key player for us in the playoffs, as is, is Gil Dudson. So, uh, yeah, forwards have been really good. They really have. They've, they've worked the socks off this season. and That's the, got us where, to where we are. I mean, George Griffin, he's been a really big boost coming back from injury. He was out for three months, wasn't he? But he's played the last two games. I believe he's played 80 minutes. He played 80 minutes at Leeds. I'm sure he played 80 minutes against OKR. And, you know, the work rate he comes up with, you know, he's tackling. I mean, you'll probably read out his tackles for me in a minute, but, you know, it's been absolutely tremendous. Yeah, top tacklers. Uh, Greg Burke with 34, Lee Mossop with 31, Josh Jones with 37, George Griffin with 49. Obviously, 49. He came back last week with, I think, it was 56. And 49 this week. Tremendous effort by George Griffin. I set you up there for that one, didn't I? You when, you read, when you read them out, then I thought, he's not read George Griffin out yet. I thought he was <laughs> about 20. But, uh, no, I thought that he did. He worked really, really hard. And that's what you get from, from George Griffin. He is. He's a very, very hard worker. And, um, you know, we're going to miss him next season when he moves on to Castle. But it's a real shame that, he, that, he's, that he's leaving. But, uh, you know, I think he's another one that he's going to be pivotal for in the playoffs. Yeah, it's obviously a fantastic... Uh, opportunity for him to go to Castleford, which he, he's decided to do. But obviously, we're on our own journey, aren't we, with, with this squad? And you know, who knows where, where we'll end up? Um, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game, Paul, and this is what I have to say. Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me. I, I prepared a bit of a speech for you tonight because I didn't think we played that well in that no, first half. Was that an attitude thing in that first half? Or was it a case of the players looking at that perhaps next week and bigger yeah. battles in front of us? Yeah, possibly, yeah, but it's, which is what we're not about. Um, so we were flat and we weren't. If you look at the first half, they were, they were first to everything. Um, the last plays were better than ours. Um, the kick chase was better than ours. All the little effort areas, and they're normally a sign that you're not on it as well. And so we spoke about that at our time and just said, oh, we kind of restart the game again here. We're, we're still in the game and it's still there for us to win the game. We just need to restart, rebuild, go back to our processes and keep it really simple. We did that second half, mate, and the boys turned the tide and got the result as well. And it's good to be able to show that kind of a side to you, um, especially when you're going into the playoffs, because you're not going to get everything your own way as well, so it's good to know that you can turn the game like that back into your favour. I suppose looking at tonight, there was a lot of expectation on Solver to win the game. He won seven games on the trot. Yeah. Of are a desperate side, aren't they, as well? So And they played like it. And they did it in that second half. I think they, they were scrapping for everything, and yeah. you had to you had to really go for it in that last ten minutes, didn't you? Yeah, no. Look, the boys were good. We felt we was winning field position, but in the first half we was letting them off with either poor kicks or we were forcing the ball. Uh, JPB on this side throwing throwing the ball out of a tackle that you don't need to take the tackle and build a little bit of pressure on them and make them just do some defending on the goal line. But at the back end of the, um, the second half. We started to get that and we started to play a little bit patient. Although the last three minutes we started to try and chase the edge again when we didn't need to. So, again, it's a composure thing and it's learning that what that will be great practice for us going forward. Two weeks running, Joey Lussick's come up with the all-important try. I think yeah. the desperation of has defensively were flying out of the line, lying offside, yeah. very negative, holding down. But for Joey to get over there, yeah. that try took some scoring, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, he's done a great job since he's been over here, <laughs> since he came over with Jack, hasn't he? Um, he's been a real big player for us as well and hopefully will be going forward in the future. 
I just thought that they didn't really allow him to have many running opportunities today because I think they had hands in the ruck all the time. They were slowing it down when they were kicking it into touch. They were trying to really run the clock down. They wanted a slow game today, so we had to adapt a few things in-game, which the boys did. Um, and second half, you'll have noticed we kind of stopped the game clock quite a few times from scrums just to make sure we, we left us with time in the bag to be able to come back. Being a bit of a geek that I am, wasn't there an incident in the second half where the stop clock ran down to zero and the referee didn't give anything? I, I noticed that and they just they just sort of carried on, okay, I played for time and when that stop clock goes down, doesn't somebody in the yeah, crowd supposed to tell the referee The, the referee's normally, he might have called it off and the clock right. people have not heard because he'll normally say, um, stop clock off. Yeah. And then they get, and then it carries on. That's that, the so. first time I've seen one count down and nothing, nothing's right. ever happened. So right, oh no, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that. Not to worry about that. But one thing I was going to ask you as well: two players I thought deserved a special mention tonight with Daniel Murray and Ryan yeah. Lennon, two guys that are playing against their parent clubs. Yeah, they must. It must have been odd for them. I thought they both showed tremendous professionalism tonight. Yeah, no, I thought they were great. The pair of them. I thought um, Dizzy worked himself um, to the bone. And um, Lannan was good and shown a few little skillful little bits as well when Mossam Saad tried to fly out and hurt him and he just used a little bit of footwork and got around him, made a bit of a break on the back end of it as well. Lannan's got that bit of class to him, but I'd say Lannan out of the pair of them, um, to be fair, with the amount of kind of probably stress he had to deal with because if Ulkiar goes down, his contract's gone um, and he knew that as well. But he still took his hand up and still said he wanted to play for Salford and wanted to make sure that he represented himself the right way as well. So that's a massive kind of credit to him as well. Just looking at Daniel Murray's career, do you, has he got a future at Salford? Could he possibly play now in the playoffs? Oh, no, because he's long for the season, I think. So we, we've kept, obviously, Lannan for the season. So, they've dizzy so even now, OK, our season's finished, can Daniel not come back and play for Salford? Or would you have to look into that? Oh, yeah, I'll have a, look, a little look into that. I don't know. Their, their season's now finished, hasn't it? So. Yeah. No, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll have to have a little look in that. Yeah, he might have just stumbled on something there. Well, yeah, especially with it, with our sort of yeah. situation, not the biggest squad in the world. Yeah. Gil Dudson's got a bit of a knock, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, Gil will be fine next week. Yeah, I just saw Gil before, yeah. and he's looking for. Was he rested tonight, Gil? Yes, he was. Same with Flanagan as well. Yeah, uh, yeah Gil was dead set rested. Um, Flash was took out as well, just because him, him and Tyke are getting to that age where they've played mm. plenty of games and they've been bashed up for plenty of years as well. So we needed to make sure that we looked after him a bit. Disappointment for Gill, he's been ever present this season as well, and I think yeah. he'd have been disappointed to miss tonight. Yeah, no, but he understands it. He understands um, since he's come here, he's played loads of games. If you think about what, how many games he played at Widnes last year, he didn't really play any. Um, the year before that, he struggled a little bit. Like I say, the medical team and SNC team have done a great job of him to be able to Do you think he's, he's perhaps slightly um, unlucky not to make the Great Britain sort of train on squad with his form this season? Mate, yeah, I, I think he's been outstanding. There's, there's a lot of good front rowers in the game at the moment. Um, and there's probably a lot of front rowers who've not been picked up. Cooper um, from Warrington, I, th I personally think he should be in there, um, but he's not. Um, Gill, I think Lee Mossop over the last six weeks as well has been outstanding. He, he dominated the whole pack and played for large large minutes in that game. He dominated, um, I forget, Leeds last week at Avon and Trent Merrin. He absolutely dominated them in the middle as well. And I think his, his win ratio with us is, when he plays, we win. Warrington lost tonight as well I think yep. looking back at the scores now even if we'd have lost by a couple of points tonight we would have finished third anyway yeah, yeah. so third place highest finish since 1976 you've got Wigan away in the playoffs next week how do you approach this game now they're a tough side oh, aren't they? yeah. on a good run of form yeah, like we, ourselves we need, to, we need to be tough as well going into this one as well so it won't be for the faint hearted put it that way thanks very much for speaking to us here. congratulations on the regular season and good luck in the playoffs cheers mate thanks. so that was Ian Watson talking to yourself Paul after the game uh, and he was happy with the performance. He felt like it was a bit of a playoff game to try to break us into the playoff game.
Well, yeah, I think he's going to be pleased with the last two performances at Leeds and, and OK. They've both been really gritty performances and sort of playoff football, haven't they? They've been they've not been the most flamboyant displays of the season, but they've been tough, tough, hard games, haven't they? And we've come out on top in both of them, and I think that's going to please what I would. Eight wins on the spin, you know, as a coach, you're going to be pleased with that. Pause. Ian Watson rebuilt this team two or three times. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. This team is, is is has gone further than any of the other two that he's done before, and it, he's rebuilt it with better quality players each time. Yeah, yeah, yes, and I think you know we probably won't talk about it tonight, but look at the recruitment. Um, you probably mentioned it in the news, won't you? The, the two lads who who were on parade um, from Featherstone who, who come on the pitch. Before the match against Hulk, I think the recruitment for next season has been really smart, hasn't it? As well, you know, like said, Dan Sargentson coming in, so there's a, there's a lot of excitement for next season. Well, Chris Atkin, we've signed some really, really good players. I know we're losing some decent players, but I think the players that are coming in are just as good, if not better, than the ones we're losing. So, obviously, Jackson Ace is going to be a big miss, but uh, it's very hard to replace him anyway, for whoever you sign. So, yeah, I think next season, there's a lot to be positive about next year as well and be excited about that. But as for, for rebuilding for this season, I mean, you've only got to look at Pundit's predictions and other supporters' predictions. Everybody had us down for second bottom with London, didn't they? It was in London fighting it out for relegation. So, for where we've come from, I think I think we've made a lot of friends, haven't we, as well? Everyone seems to be talking about us at the moment and uh, I'm very pleased with us how we go. And there seems to be a massive bandwagon at the moment. All the journalists seem to be jumping on it and, uh, you know, the rugby league press. And it is good for the club. It's given us some good exposure and hopefully that can help us, you know, going forward and, you know, selling season tickets for next year and, and growing our attendances and growing ourselves as a club. It's good for the club. And it's also good for the sport, Paul, because we yeah. aren't a we aren't a regular face in that playoff sort of scenario, and you know people want to see a, a fairy tale, don't they? You know, yeah. that's what people invest in and, and sort of buy into. And the longer this ride this ride rides on, and the more results we pick up, and the, and the better performance, I do expect more and more bandwagons to, to, to sort of keep rolling. And you know, it's a fantastic thing. You know, that it worked so hard to, to get where they are. Uh, today they haven't achieved anything. They haven't sort of won anything. But if they continue to play like they are doing, you know anything's possible. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a bit. It reminds me a bit of um, of Leicester City a few years ago in football. I'm not a massive football supporter, but do follow it sometimes with a bit of a bit of a stray eye. And I remember when they was coming up and they won the Premier League a few years ago, and nobody fancied them at the start of the season, did they? And I kept reading about them throughout the year, and they kept knocking teams off, and everyone said, oh, the, the bubble's going to burst soon. But it never did, did it? They just kept going and going and going. And sometimes, you know, stories like that, they're, they're heartwarming stories, aren't they? That's what you want to see. You don't want to see the, you know, the, the money teams winning everything all the time. Yeah, I think sometimes these little fairy tales, they what keep people interested in the sport. And, you know, looking at that, that top five, it was great to see us in there. You know, great to see Cass in there as well, you know. I know they've been in it a few times, but we, we're different sides, aren't we? It'd be great if, if we could meet them in the final. I don't think we can, though, due to the, the, the structure of the playoffs. But if new teams can get there, it, it's great for the sport, you know. Great to have other sides in the, in the top top half of the table. Yeah, big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, Ricky P, uh, I love Salford, his man of the match was Joey Lusick. Uh, Colin Reynolds, awful, but won his man of the match was Jones. Tony Frame, off our game, his name, his man of the match was Niall Evels. I think Colin and Tony have, have a point in that first half, but I think it's nerves. I think, obviously, you know, in pressure cooker games, you're going to drop off a little bit, aren't you? And I, I'm kind of glad they did it against Oakington Rovers rather than, hopefully, against Wigan this week. Well, I think if you start like that against Wigan, you forget winning that game on Friday night because Wigan will, will destroy you. Won't they? They're very tough. They're going to be very physical and we'll speak about them afterwards. But you can't afford to be having an off day in that game. You need to be ready from, from minute one. So, you know, we, we need to learn from that and 
uh, you know, change our game for this week. Yeah. Colin Wilson, Old Trafford awaits. His man of the match was Niall Evels. Alistair Ward, never in doubt. His man of the match was Ian, well, Ian Watson. Uh, Mark, the whole team. Uh, David Wallen, unbelievably gutsy performance. His man of the match was Joey Lusick. Richard Martin, can't stop winning. Uh, his man of the match is uh, Joey Lusick. Pretty good habit to have, Paul. Uh, not been able to stop winning. Yeah, that's right. What was that one who said never in doubt? Never in doubt was uh, Alistair Ward. Oh, yeah, your little fibber, Alistair. Never <laughs> in doubt. I don't know about that one. But, but yeah, there, there's some good uh, freeware match reports there. It's good to, to, to hear those. But the never in doubt one, I don't know about that. I was doubting that a bit there in the extra time. But uh, it was a nerve-wracking sort of five minutes, the first five minutes. Wasn't it? it was a bit of a stalemate. It was a bit of a up the jumper, really, in that first five minutes. Nobody really wanted to... Uh, to do much really, it was quite a bit of a war of attrition, really. Yeah, uh, I'm, so to be honest, I'm a bit with Alistair because I knew they were going to, I knew Lucy was going to score at the death. I didn't know whether Lucy was going to score, but I knew we, we were going to score at the death. I had a Did feeling. you? Yeah, Five yeah, seconds I, to go, I wasn't so sure. Yeah, then. I, I thought it was, that was it. No, I had a feeling. I just thought, cause obviously, really? me, me, me uh, brother-in-law, listen, you know, watched the Carrie video with me wobbling over the top of it, and he says to me, he says, "You don't seem, you didn't seem very excited about it," and I was like, "But well, I wasn't really excited because I knew it was going to happen." don't know how I just I just felt it in the air that we were going to score you know what I mean when we played other teams and you know they're going to score it's about a lack of a reverse for that if that makes sense so that's why I wasn't really jumping up and down like everyone else that and yeah. also having to do calculations to see if we're in the, in, in the top three or not while talking on the microphone but it's just you know moments like that you just think to yourself it, it turns the club and it, it sends them in the right direction uh, and that's that's the way it is yeah, certainly. It's a memorable game. It'll go down as a memorable match that I would have thought, you know, in the in the course of the season. And congratulations on your commentary as well. I enjoyed that. It was really good. It was nice for the club to, to, to use it as well because you worked really hard on your commentary and that. And, uh, and it was great that when I saw that that, that video, I, I enjoyed it. You did get uh, rather excited. I thought you'd have got a bit more excited than that, though. Yeah. You stayed very very professional there. Well, I was, I was trying to do calculations to see if we were in the three or not. And then I heard right. someone out of the camera here saying, so we're in the three. So then I thought, ah, we must be in the three then. Yeah, because Le- Leeds beat Warrington quite comfortably, yeah. didn't they? So it's, uh, it's it was one of them. But obviously, I've been been on an, on, on Instagram this week, uh, listening to you know Clive Tilsley. Yeah, um, he's doing like a, a work an Instagram workshop thing uh, about tips and stuff. So I've been tuning in all week, seeing what he's doing, and you know how I can improve my sort of style because he's one of the best in the business, isn't he? You know what I mean? You, yeah, you're gonna yeah. learn off him, aren't you? Did uh, you hear Trevor Hunt's commentary? Yeah, that was another. That, that was good, wasn't it, Trevor Hunt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you, 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 you like say with, with Trevor Hunt, you, you, you know, you, you're with him, aren't you? All, all day, you, you listen to what he says, and you, and you take that, you know, and hopefully adapt it to your own style, don't you? But yeah, he is, he is fantastic, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andy Lancashire, uh, best season ever. Uh, John Waite, never say die. His man of the match was Josh Jones. Uh, Lee, uh, no nail, no nails left. His man of the match was Jackson Hastings. Phil Wilkinson, I don't care. He's, uh, he's obviously, uh, I think he's a Hulkinson Rovers fan by the look of it, so he's not, he, he doesn't care because Hulkinson uh, Rovers survived. Adam Arbery uh, covered in ale, obviously was magic celebrations, weren't they, uh, from all over the other you know, stadium from the fans. And finally, uh, Craig, winning run continues. Uh, so yeah, very positive uh, three-word match reports, but understandable after a, after a golden point victory. Yeah, they don't come along very often, those do they, and... No, it's a shame for all KR, really, isn't it? You know, <laughs> they've lost twice to us on uh, on Golden Point. And just before I forget, I, I mentioned it on on, the, on Friday, I think, in our video that we did. Bit of a mention for Daniel Murray. 
and Ryan Lannan. I thought Daniel Murray was outstanding in that game for Oakingston Rovers. He was all over the place and the, the professionalism that Daniel and, and Ryan Lannan showed, I thought, was, was great, really. I mean, they're both playing against their parent clubs. It was a really awkward situation, wasn't it, for, for Daniel in particular? You know, playing for a side there, he had to win to stay up and obviously Salford's his parent club. So I, I, I felt a bit for those two, really, because it must have been a difficult game for them. But I'm glad all's well that ended well. You know, OKR stayed up and uh, and we finished third. Yeah, obviously, you know, these, these kind of games, Paul, you learn from, don't you? And, you know, the players... So obviously knew that they were a bit scratchy in that first half and they're going to hopefully learn from that going into the playoff because playoff rugby is, is 100% all the time, isn't it? And, you know, it's a different kind of, uh, you know, game that we're kind of used to. Uh, so hopefully, you know, you know, games like that, wins like that, you know, we can learn from and, and, and grow. Certainly, well, I think we, I think we are doing like we mentioned before, we are growing and we're evolving, aren't we, this season? Eight wins on the spin, we're doing something right, aren't we? And, uh, you know, let's hope we can keep that run going. Yeah, so that's uh, that's our review of the uh, Hulky R win. Uh, next up, we'll all look at all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. So, big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. New signings announced at half-time, uh, Paul. Connor Jones and Jack Armandroyd uh, signed. Uh, both... You know, very, you know, very, very promising players uh, who look like they could take the club forward. Yeah, definitely. I don't really know a lot about Connor Connor Jones. Um, I've not got a Sky anymore, so I've not seen much of the uh, the Championship games. But I, I was uh, I was reading and, and, and some good stuff about him on, on Sunday night. Featherstone Rovers played Lee, didn't he, in the uh, the Championship playoff? And I believe Connor had a really good game in, in that match. He's a hooker, I believe. Um, I've got I've got some he's, he's, he's kind of an Australian halfback slash hooker he's yeah, been yeah. playing for Northern Pride uh, this season before he played for Peppersford uh, in 15 games 14 tries in total he's played 47 uh, games and scored 8 tries he's forced 2 dropouts and he's got 3 try assists mm-hmm. so that's yeah he looks he looks a really promising player doesn't he and, you know it's um He's a good, a good youngster, really. Only young, isn't he? And I think it's a shame that we're losing Logan Tompkins. Um, I read about that last week in the league express. I didn't know about that until I, I read that. So I think it's a shame Logan's going because I think he's been a fantastic servant to us. Um, but this this guy's a bit younger, I think, isn't he? he? He could offer us another dimension. We've also got Joey Lusick there, haven't we? You've got Chris Atkin who's coming in who can play hooker. So in that position, we're going to be uh, well covered for our next season. Yeah. Other the other sign is uh, Jack Almond uh, six foot five, sixteen stone. Played for Featherstone and Leeds. He's the son of uh, footballer Ian Almondroyd. He was like a, he was like a nineteen nineties Peter, Peter Crouch. Quite, for, quite prolific. Scored a lot of goals. Uh, yeah, he, so, yeah, he played for Oldham Athletic. I yeah. remember his name. Yeah, he did. I didn't realise that stats he told me that. Right, I remember the name. Yeah, yeah, I remember the name. But yeah, he's a, he's a, you know, he looked quite promising. Uh, he's a big unit. He'll have sides to that pack. Uh, played for, you know, like I say, played for Leeds. Featherstone's quite a good side as well. So, you know, he's come at Salford, you know, for an opportunity. That's what we are. We're an opportunity club. He thinks he, he's good enough for playing Super League, and we're giving him the chance to do so. Yeah, certainly. He's played a lot of games, actually. I think he's played well over 100 matches, hasn't he, for Featherstone. He spent a bit of time on loan at York City Knights as well, and uh, played 15 or 16 games at, at Leeds Rhinos as well. And, I sort of remember him coming through at Leeds a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, coming through their academy system, and and he was he was very uh, very well thought of there at Leeds, and played for the first team. So he's a yeah, he's a good prospect, isn't he? He looks a really big lad. 
Really yeah. big lad. I'm not too sure where he's from. Do we know where he's from? Is he a Featherstone lad? Oh, you're the, you're the stats guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about him. He's a Yorkshire lad. I think he might be a Bradford lad. Oh. Or Bradford Leeds, that sort of way. But uh, but yeah, you know, he looks he looks a really big unit. And what I've seen of him, he, he looks a really impressive player. And don't forget, Featherstone Rovers have been a good side, haven't they, the last few years in the, in the Championship. So, uh, you know, he had a lot of experience there. They had a fantastic win against Lee on the, the weekend. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see him. And just the physical size, you know, six foot five, 16, 17 stone. He's going to be a big lad. And, uh, you know, could cause us a bit of damage next season. Yeah, played for Featherstone, played for Leeds, played for York. Um, doesn't say where he was born, unfortunately, on the on Wikipedia. Well, his dad's from Bradford. No, well, his dad's from Bradford. You'd hope he was around that. Sure, it'd be that neck of the woods, one of Yorkshire lad. Maybe. So, yeah, very excited about them two. Um, you know, lots of potential. Um, very exciting for 2020, but 2019's not over yet, Paul. So there's plenty of, to look forward to this year as well. Yeah, certainly. Is. There's loads to look for at the moment. It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks. You know, whatever happens on on Friday night, we've still got the, that safety net of another game anyway. So it's going to be it's going to be an exciting fortnight at least. Yeah. Uh, other news: Jackson Hastings and Josh Jones have been selected for the Super League uh, team of steel best seventeen. Yeah, the dream uh, team. Yep. Yeah, that's the one. You know, fantastic for both of them. Uh, much deserved. Um, yeah, can't can't you know praise them enough? You know both put fantastic efforts in throughout the season and created magical moments. Yeah, they certainly have. I think there's a couple of players I mentioned before. I thought Gil Dudson was a bit unlucky not to be to be named in that, and Chris Wellham as well. He he's been up there this season. His performance has been outstanding every week. But Jackson Hastings is the obvious one. I think he's probably been, if not the best player, one of the best players. But I think he's probably been the best player in Super League all year. You know, overall player, the, the games that he's won, and you know, he, he's a he's a sure thing now for the Man of Steel. I would have thought. I think he's going to be up there for that. He's also up there for the Albert Goldfort Medal as well. So, uh, you know, his performance has been absolutely outstanding. Josh Jones, another one. He, you know, he's another one who's, who's moving on next season to go into Hull, and we're going to miss him because his performance has been outstanding. Like you say, he's he's an eight out of ten player every week, isn't he? he sort of attracts defenders in, doesn't he? Really well. Um, does does Jones and. You know, he's a very powerful player going forward too. Yeah, and obviously they, they complement each other on that side of the field like Rob Louie and Ben Murnett Masala did on the other side of the field. Um, you know, and, that, and that's why I think they're probably in the, in, in the dream team. You, you kind of spoke about people that have missed out. Is it is it coincidence or conspiracy that the two Solfer players in this team won't be, in the, won't be a Solfer players in 2020? I think it's just coincidence, that Rob. I think it's just a coincidence. I think... Both of them have been really good, haven't they? And you know, it must be difficult to do that dream team because there's an awful lot of good players in the in the league, isn't there? And I looked at the other day and I heard people saying, Oh, such a body should have been in, he should have been in. You look at the players who are in there, you can't really say any of them are not good enough to be in that team. They've all played really well this season. The the guy at Leeds, Conrad Hurrell, um I had a little chat with him, me and my dad spoke to him on the way out of, of Leeds the other week. He's been a really good signing for, for them and you know, in, in, in a team that's probably struggled a bit, really, hasn't he? He's looked top-notch, so I don't think you can argue with him. And, you know, the, the forward pack there, I sort of looked at Liam Watson, thought, I'm not so sure about him. I thought Dudson was just as good as him. But I've not seen every game Casford have played this season. So I don't think you can argue who's been, been put in there. And, yeah, there's always going to be arguments for other people. But Hastings and, and Jones, I think that's just a coincidence, really. They, they've both been, been brilliant this season, haven't they? I, I To be honest, I, I'm thinking to myself, if... What is this Super League dream team? Is it there to show that 
you know people who are at the sort of the top of the top of the career playing the big playing at the big clubs and giving them a spotlight or is it a, is it like a team that sh- that should have a story behind it I say that because Evels and Gil Dudson how they haven't got in this team I will I will I just don't know because Nile Evels thinking back to last year a couple of years ago he had O'Brien as a as facing off against him he saw O'Brien off then he went to uh, Papua New Guinea on tour with the England Knights. Then this year, you know, he, he's tremendous at fullback. He's, su- he's sold for, you know, top try scorer, Super League top try scorer with like one game to go. And Super League dream team, the fullback, is, is cute, who has been, has been good, but he's not been great, has he? So um, I, I'm quite, I can't quite believe, because yeah, I know he had a bit of a stinker in the cup final, right? He played pretty well against us at St. Helens Day in that league game. I just just think, obviously, if if the Super League want to promote the sport, you need need a story, you need a backstory, don't you? And Nia Levels, for me, has gone on a journey. He's he's in the the, um, Great Britain train-on squad. So that shows he's progressing. And I don't understand why they they aren't putting him in. Same as Gil Dudson. Gil Dudson was a witness... Uh, at the end of the season, wasn't wanted, came to Salford, we trimmed him down, and now he's turned into a you know a fantastic you know front row. And I think he's one of the best props in the Super League. Yeah. I think and he's one of the he? top props. In front of Liam Watts, how is he not there? You know what I mean? Because I'd have that's him in front story. of Liam Watts all day long, Rob. I'd have him in front of him all day long. I'm not a big fan of that Watts. I think he's he gives a lot of penalties away and. Uh, no, you got to be careful what you say on here, haven't you? But um, <laughs> I think Gil Dudson's a miles better player, so I agree with you. On the Lachlan Coote and Neville's one, I know Coote gets a lot of rave reviews, doesn't he? And I think perhaps we're judging him now on his poor performance in the Challenge Cup final, aren't we? I think he's been pretty good for, for St. Helens. I know he got a bit of an injury, didn't he? So it'd be a difficult one to say. I don't think he's a mug him. He's been a really good player, hasn't he? So I can see that one there. I mean, Evels has been good. I know the, the kid at Hull is normally talked about as anything for Great Britain, um, Jamie Shaw, but I don't think he's been anywhere near the, the sort of form Nia Levels is this season. So I think the two top fullbacks for me have been Evels and, and Coote. I think, I think Sam Tompkins has been, it's not been his, he's been a shadow of it, the player he, he's been in recent years. So I think Evels is unlucky, but I wouldn't have anything against that Coote because I think he's been, he's been good this season. Yeah, but if you want to sell the sport to people yeah. outside your bubble, you need yeah. a positive story behind behind the selection, don't you? You've got yourself and blinkers on tonight, haven't you? I suppose I might have. But <laughs> if, 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 if you were trying to sell it to the people outside, you, that's that there, that yeah, storyline. Yeah. People yeah. tune in because it's excitement. It's you know they've gone on a journey, haven't they? And yeah. The team has as well. So I just it, it baffled me really, but that's the way it is. Never mind. We'll just win the grand final. Rob's of the dream team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but obviously, Ian Watson nominated for Super League Coach of the Year, Paul. Uh, much deserved. Obviously, we, we've we've gone on leaps and bounds under his, uh, you know, man, uh, coaching, and you know we're here now in the playoffs, creating uh, something, and you know he has he's got to win, he's got to win it, and he surely. If he doesn't win coach of the year, Rob, I'm going to go and find that Robert Elston. Give him what for because <laughs> he's got to win coach. Joking aside, he's got to win coach of the year, hasn't he? For me, I mean, I, I've got a lot of time for Danny Ward at London. I think he's a really nice fella, real gentleman, top rugby league guy. I've had a few good chats with him when we've played against London, and I respect him. I think he's done a terrific job at London, and I was I was really disappointed he didn't stay up London because I think to win ten games, you know, you've done enough to stay up there. So I was disappointed for him, but I think what I was eclipsed him. 
I think he's eclipsed Justin Albrook as well at, at St. Helens. I mean, people say Albrook's done really well. Yeah, they, they, they have. They've done well St. Helens this season. But St. Helens have, have got you know a good side there, haven't they? They spend a lot of money. They spend up to their cap. You know, they've got a fantastic academy and a lot of resources there. Whereas you compare it to what Wattle's dealing with. And, and don't forget, he's had a lot to deal with this season as well. You know, Robert Louis gone. He had all the, the, the stuff with it, the Jansen Turg incident earlier in the season. He had all that to deal with. You know, that that was a lot of pressure on him, wasn't it? You know, that, that all that that went on and all that he's had to deal with in, in years gone by and, and building the squad and injuries. We had um, Ed Chamberlain was injured before the ball was kicked, wasn't it? So you had all that to deal with in a squad of about 24 players. And to finish third with it, I think it's it's fantastic. So um, yeah, he's got to get coached here. It's, it's, it's superhuman, Paul. Let, let's let's not let's not beat yeah. about the bush. You got Holbrook, who's who, who's obviously 15 points clear at the top. Bottles it in the, in the Challenge Cup final. You've got Ward, who, who you know battles like crazy, but eventually gets relegated with London. So I don't understand. And obviously Watson and um, Ward are both selected as as assistant coaches for Great Britain. So that that's a that's a leveler. So surely yeah. Watson. Yep. It's got to be coach of the year. I don't know if Holbrook wins it. I, I don't know. I'll be fair to be fair, but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Bro? Well, I think you could put me in charge of St. Helens, and I'd probably get St. Helens to the top of the table because you're working with a lot of resources there. As I said before, it's a good side, aren't they? And quality all over the pitch. I don't know. It's you say that, don't you? And perhaps I'm I'm doing an injustice there and talking rubbish because when Kieran Cunningham was the coach of St. Helens, he had all those resources there and, and struggled, didn't he? So, you know, Justin Albrook is a good coach. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not slagging him off. I think he's done a really good job at St. Helens. But I'm just comparing it to the job that, that Wattle's done. I think Wattle's done tremendously well at Salford. And I was just speaking to my dad at the weekend and he we was saying, you know, he's the best coach we've seen at Salford. And I was, I like Gregory, I like Carl Harrison and... Kevin Tamati and, and people like that, but I think now Watto has, has eclipsed all them for me. Now he's he's the best coach I've seen at all. But this season has just took him above and beyond. Now I think even you know the great wins over Wigan in the cup and you know Harrison getting us to, to fifth in the league and getting us promoted and all the good times we had. Then I think the good days that Watto was giving us, especially away from home, we said it a few times. I mean, how many times have we gone away from home and stuffed some of the top side? So I think Watto now is, is, is probably the best coach I've seen at Salford. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. He's rebuilt his team three times, hasn't he? In, in you know, trying circumstances, like you said, lots of off-field stuff uh, going on. And, you know, I suppose that, that's the measure of him because he's kept the boat kind of, uh, you know, steady, not rocking. And the players have kind of responded to that, Anthony Paul. And, you know, fantastic. Hopefully, he'll get his reward by, by uh, being uh, named Coach of the Year. Other news... Uh, Steve McCormick as well has been uh, nominated as Fan of the Year um, amongst other four, you know, fourteen other Super League uh, fans. Um, to be honest, I think he's, he's got to win this as well. To be fair, because he takes he takes fantastic photos every week. Uh, he's helped to open up the Soul Good Shop. You know, I, unless other fans from other clubs are saving like puppies, drowning puppies. You know, there's there's no other way to beat him. I don't think. No, he's done a good job there, Rob. I think I think you're right there. When do we find out about that? What's who, does somebody have to vote for that? Or I think it'll be that probably that Super League no night probably on there, won't it? Maybe. Right, right. We'll, we'll keep our eyes open. But you know, for, for me, you know, he's done a he's done a he's, been, he's done a crazy you know really good job, fantastic job in the last sort of twelve months with the voters and obviously opening the shop because that's what you know we well wanted, didn't we? You know, the club yeah. shop not being there that was a a big thing. So for him to you know, take that on his, you know, his own shoulders and and, and do that is is remarkable. So yeah, he's been nominated, and for me, he's got to win it, surely. 
Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, other news, Paul, uh, sold 1,300 tickets for the Wigan game so mm. far. It's uh, Wednesday night, so we've still got a couple of nights to go till we uh, till we go to the uh, DW Stadium in Wigan. Don't forget, the club get 25% of every ticket uh, sold if you buy it um, at the club. You can also buy it over the phone and collect it at Wigan, which is important, because some people might not be able to get down to the stadium and pick up a ticket, so that option is also a good one as well. So we're hoping for a big, big following, 1,300, you know, on a Wednesday when the match is Friday is, is a fantastic effort and there'll be plus loads you, of men down there. Yeah, plus you'll get a lot of walk-ups on the day as well, won't you? Uh, people just playing, I think you can pay cash on the, the turnstile, I'm sure, at Wigan County, or you can buy a ticket when you roll up there, can't you? So I'm sure a lot of people will do that, like you say, who um, who aren't savvy about folding up for their ticket. So, yeah, you're looking at 1500 aren't you there, you know, and, and more. So that's going to be a great following, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't take a lot to outsing the Wiganers anyway, does it? But if there's 1500 here, it's going to be absolutely deafening. You know, the atmosphere is, I like it then. DW, it's always a, a decent atmosphere, particularly in the way end anyway. But uh, expecting a big crowd on, on, on Friday and a big atmosphere as well. The games on, on Sky Television, you know, let's hope we don't get any Wally's throwing bloody flares on and that, and we can, you know, do ourselves justice on, on, on Sky you know, in front of the cameras. Let's hope everybody behaves themselves and we, we put up on a real good show, Rugby League, because this is a great way now for us to sort of showcase Salford Red Devils, isn't it? And, and show everybody what we're all about. Yeah, uh, there's cold travel as well. Uh, to Wigan at £10 um, to get on the coach there's a, a list of stops uh, which you can find on, on the official uh, sort of Twitter or the official um, you know website um, hopefully like I say it'll be a big following uh, going down and you know like I say it's a playoff game uh, you know our first in a while Paul so we're all going to be you know super pumped up for it aren't we yeah, we certainly are. It's it's these are the games you want to be involved in when you're a, you're a kid growing up watching your team, aren't you? And I've dreamed about days like this. I mean, it's Wigan as well. I mean, Wigan are like one of the, probably the biggest name in rugby league, aren't they? You know, in the world, you know, of Australian teams as well. So you know the history they've got behind them and all the trophies that they've won. You're going in their backyard now, and you can turn them over on Friday night. I mean. That's one of those games that you remember forever, won't you? A bit like the, the cup game against Wigan in '96. So if we can get there and beat them, I'll be absolutely over the moon. So it's just great now that we're on the same level as these sides, aren't we? You know, going away and playing in playoff football. It's a new thing for us, and obviously, I just hope that we're, we're ready for it on, on Friday night because I'm sure Wigan will be. They're going to be switched on for this, aren't they? Playing these sort of big games every season, don't they? So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited for it though. Yeah, it's, ex- it's exciting. Uh, I put a tweet out today, Paul. Uh, asking how everyone was feeling, like a three-word uh, progress report, we'll call it. Looking yeah, forward keep this to, uh, looking forward to Friday. Um, obviously, I don't know whether you. I'll give you a chance to think about your three words. So what I should get away. Um, right. I'll start with. I'll start with Colin Reynolds. He says up for it. Uh, Rachel's always dare to dream. Uh, Nathan Archer weirdly not nervous, which is a bit like me really. Ian Archer is bricking it. Uh, John Waite is hungry for pies. Uh, Chris Gaffner, he feels he said it feels like Christmas, which is which is right uh, for many Sofa fans. Mike Woodbridge, nothing to lose. Uh, David Deakin, he says everything you've mentioned, and you know people there's a mixed emotions I think for everybody. Some are super excited about it, some are super nervous. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think like you said, I don't think we've got a lot to lose really. I think one of the Archer lads said there, didn't he? He wasn't, wasn't as nervous as he's normal. And that's a bit like how I'm feeling, really. I mean, 
Not really. I don't. I don't know. It's it's a massive thing, isn't it? Because a part of me thinks, God, will we ever get a chance like this again? <laughs> so uh, let's let's do it while we can. But no, I am nervous. I get nervous for every game. I get nervous for doing friendly games, but. Um, surprisingly not as nervous as I was on, on Friday night for the OKR game so uh, so no I don't really know how I'm feeling at the moment I will be when I get there on Friday night it's only Wednesday but by the time it comes to, to Friday morning I'll be having kittens <laughs> yeah. um, Nicola Marie nervous, excited, proud uh, Robert, Will- Robert William Owen hopeful, proud, excited um, Carol Renshaw so flipping proud uh, Lee Hall gutted missing Due to surgery, so he's he's obviously get well soon, uh, Lee. Um, we'll be thinking of you. Hopefully, we'll the boys will um, they'll win a playoff game for you uh, to help you recover. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know what a tonic that'd be if they could uh, they could win this one. It's only the small matter of going to St Helens the week after <laughs> if we get through. But we'll worry about that next week. Yeah, uh, Nick Hall, sil- silky nervous, uh, and he'll be there. Uh, Becky Cook, uh, so nervous, feels sick. That's four, Becky. But we'll give you, we'll give you, we'll give you that one. Um, Amy Sharp can't bloody wait. Drew uh, McAvoy can't. I can't sleep. Uh, Ian Walker, win or lose, I'm on the booze. Hope everyone behaves themselves on on Friday. That's that's a big thing. Uh, Stacey Wincup, nervous, um, sort of chattery teeth and sick. Uh, Bernie Farrell get his shift changed. Trying to get the shift changed to get to the game, Paul. Oh, um, so hopefully someone's going to do Bernie a favour uh, and and get the shift changed. I, I've become a bit of an expert at that over the years. <laughs> yeah. If it comes if it comes to the worst, you know, just start saying your back's hurting on Friday afternoon and go home. Sick, <laughs> 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 you can't miss this, can you? No. no. Uh, Ian Ian Rockledge, uh, never say die. Uh, I went for happy. Calm and interested. I'll tell you why, Paul. Because I'm happy for the players because obviously all the hard work they put in through through the the season to be rewarded with with a playoff spot. Um, I'm happy for Ian Watson. I mean, I'm happy for Ian Blees. I'm happy for Paul King. Uh, I'm happy for Ian Rosler for all the hard work and all the people who work at the club for all the hard work they put in uh, this season to be rewarded with a, with you know two playoff games uh, is is you know is amazing. Uh, and also happy for us fans because we've suffered uh, a lot, haven't we, in, over the years? And, and to get uh, you know a shot at the playoff and have an opportunity, a realistic opportunity uh, of, uh, of of winning this uh, the Super League uh, title uh, is, uh, is things what dreams are made of. Yeah, well, um, I can't really do it in three words, Rob. You've, you've sprung it on me, so I've not. Not off. <laughs> I've not got my thinking cap on. But I, I just just say it to the word, like you know, a few more more words really. I, I'm happy for the supporters. I know players come and go, don't they? And you know, it's good for the players and that. But the the main people really is the fans for me. You know, over the over the years, particularly the last sort of thirty years, we it's been a bit of a famine for us. We've not won much, have we? We've not won anything at all, have we? Really, at the top level, and you know, people have, have stuck with the club, haven't they? Through you know dark times and. You know, all the, the, the misery a few years ago was perhaps changing our name and going out of business and things like that. So we, I think we deserve a bit of success now and I don't think anyone would begrudge us that. And, you know, you think, I was thinking the other day about, what were we talking about? We were talking about going away and staying in the Premier in somewhere and I was thinking about, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about the time we went to Whitehaven on a Thursday night and I stayed over in a, in a Premier and I was telling about that story, you know, why even on a Thursday night, we got beat as well. <laughs> and, uh, you think about all these sort of things and these crazy away trips to, you know, places like Whitehaven and, you know, 
Featherstone and Dewsbury and Battler, and now you're going to play Wigan in a, in a playoff game. It's it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? And but, but I think you've got to live those naff times, haven't you? And I don't know. I was thinking today, thinking I don't, I do like this. I, I'm enjoying this, but it doesn't seem normal. The normal is, is we get beat and we, we struggle. So it does take a bit of time getting, getting used to, to winning games every week. But definitely enjoying it because you never know what's around the corner. It's, it's, it's not normal, but it's got to be the new normal. Let's if we so. want to be where we want to be, this is what this is this is what we have to do every season. We have to be in the playoffs to to build that momentum to get people to follow us and you know support us and, and getting jump on the Salford Devils bandwagon. Like you said, it doesn't. It's not. It's not a regular occurrence, but it has to be if we want to be where we are. Yeah, yeah, I know we spoke about um, that the other week, didn't we? About you sort of had a five-year plan, didn't you? You were saying we've got to be at this level, and you know, keep keep going to this well and, and finishing well in the table. And yeah, I hope you're right. I really do. But obviously, we'll have to think about that next season when that comes around, won't we? Let's just enjoy this season now. And the club's got the building blocks in place for next season, haven't they? As we said before, with the signs that are coming, and so we're. We'll worry about them, but I think you know from where we've come over the last eighteen months. I think the future's a lot brighter than what it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm calm, Paul, because there's no pressure on us. We're just we're just in it for the for the ride because we weren't expected to be in the playoffs. We're we're kind of learning how to, to play in the playoffs. We've got we've got two games. We might have to end up having is it three? So that's what eight sixteen hundred and sixty minutes of of playoff rugby where players can learn. Aren't they? And, and I think it's a fantastic opportunity. People are, are super excited about it. You know, every soul fan I bumped into in the, in the last week, big wide, big wide eyes. So always wanted to talk about how excited it's going to be. And it's all nervous energy at the moment for me because obviously it, don't, it kicks off on Friday. So let's all you know take a chill pill and just let's uh, let's get ready for Friday focus. And when that Uta goes on on Friday, let it all out. Yeah, you say all that though, but it's the build up in the week, isn't it? it you know that you're building up. I mean, I, I've been guilty in the past. I've been going to work. I've been dropping the drivers. I've been dead nervous. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's on your mind. You do think about it, don't you? You're driving about. You're doing your everyday life sort of things, and you know, rugby league plays it plays on your mind all the time. It, it does with me. I mean, I had a, a, have a row with my missus and my kids the other day because she bought us all new toothbrushes, <laughs> and I said to my kids, "I went, I'm not having the blue." And images to me, so I said, Well, blue's Swinton, you have the blue one, I'll have the red one, and it's just little things like that in your life. It's rugby league all the time, isn't it? And, and you do, you say you don't get nervous until the Friday, but you do, you're living all the time, don't you? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about, and you're following your team through thick and thin, and you know, you just yeah. get sort of caught up in the in the emotions of it all. But I just, I just think when you obviously we're going into these playoffs. If we want it, we need to be able to have a clear head, don't we? Both yeah. on and off the field, if we're going to sort of reach our maximum potential. Um, the final one was interested because I'm interested how the players react in this in this play uh, this playoff uh, sort of cooker atmosphere because you know many of them haven't sort of played in the playoffs. Maybe we haven't played in the playoffs. They've obviously may have watched playoffs while they're on the sort of mad Mondays or mad weeks. You know, after the season's finished, usually. And they probably watched the telly and thought, wonder, wonder how, how I'd be able to sort of deal with, with this. Uh, and now they have the opportunity to, to, to do that. And it's, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating, fascinating uh, what they do. Because obviously, playoff football is a totally different concept to, to the normal football. Every tackle matters. Every, every play of all matters. And it's, it's, going to be fan, it's going to be fascinating for me how, how they deal with that. Obviously, you don't want the players to sort of, sort of boil over and, and totally lose the, 
the, the pressure uh, cooker, but you just hoping that the, you have enough to put in a you know an, an extra twenty percent performance. It's going to be interesting to find out, mate. Yeah, really and then I'm also interested about us fans because obviously we aren't there every week, and we? we aren't there in the playoffs every season. So, like you said before, it's about people behaving themselves for one, and obviously enjoying the moment and backing the lads uh, to, to to the you know, to the hills and back. Because obviously, you know, we want to you know enjoy this moment, don't we, and celebrate it, whatever happens. Yeah, we just don't go do anything stupid on Friday night because you know sometimes we have an element of supporters that are a bit daft, aren't we? You know, like that that Wally at Leeds, but we shouldn't really say that because I don't think he was a solid supporter. I mean. So all the supporters behave impeccably, don't they? Really, I've never seen anybody in any trouble at any many matches. But you know, if you are thinking of doing something a bit daft on Friday, don't because uh, you know what they are—a fella like they'd love to to turf us out of the playoffs for something stupid, wouldn't they? Or find something else. So let's just all behave and enjoy the night because it's going to be a great night, and there's there's no doubt about that. It's going to be a fantastic night. You know, big big atmosphere, and uh, no, I can't wait for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So big thanks for everyone for the for the three word. Uh... You know, reports uh, so far this week. Uh, final bit of news, Paul, what that's broke while we were, were on air. Uh, Carlo Napolitano uh, is, has been announced as one of our match day ambassadors for, for 2020. Uh, you know, a, a Salford lad through and through, uh, and he'll uh, certainly add something to that uh, match day experience. Yeah, it's been great seeing uh, these people on, on, on Twitter, these ex players, hasn't it, recently saying they're going to be ambassadors. I know Mark Lee was on there a few weeks ago. I saw Martin Burke on Twitter last night and he had his 1991 Premiership final tracksuit on, his shell suit. I don't know where he dug that one from. But yeah, Carlo Napolitano as well. You know, represented us, represented Swinton, represented Italy as well. He's, he seems a really good bloke. I've never actually spoke to Carlo, but he seems a really good guy, really respected guy. I'm looking forward to perhaps catching up with him next season. Yeah, I spoke to him. He's, he's, he's fantastic. You know, Salford to the core. You know, he, he always cracks jokes and everything. He's, he's, he's a really, you know, he'll definitely add something to that match day experience uh, as an ambassador. Uh, and finally, uh, I've got one on my wire here. Darren Jones, uh, we've got this. And I think he, I think he might, have, might be right, Paul. We, you know, we've got this. Uh, if the belief's there uh, and the passion's there, you know, it's there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So... That's all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week, Paul. Uh, next up on the Devil in the Detail, we'll look at all the, the amateur scene with yourself and see what's happening uh, there. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. It's quite a marathon one this week, so I'll, uh, I'll talk you through it as best I can. We'll start off with the National Conference Leagues. We're getting towards that time of the season, which the playoffs. We mentioned that last week. But before we talk about that, we'll just go into uh, what our local sides were up to. It was a clean sweep for our local teams this week. In the league, in the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield beat Thornhill Trojans by 58 points to 10. So that leaves Mayfield fourth place from the bottom of the league. So they've survived relegation for this season. And they've had a really tough year, losing quite a lot of players to Rochdale Hornets. So uh, they finished on 15 points, 7 wins from their 22 matches. Moving on to Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's beat Wollstone Rovers by 30 points to 28 and Waterhead Warriors beat Eastmoor Dragons 48 points to 20. 
In the promotion games, the Premier Division, the elimination semi-finals, it was Hunslet Club Parkside 10, Siddle 11. Fantastic win there, Siddle going through after extra time. Thato Heath Crusaders beat Underbrank Rangers by 32 points to 6. In the Division 2 promotion playoff final, Hull Dockers beat Crossfields 44-16. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 21st of September, in the Premier Division, the qualifying semi-final is Wathbrow Hornets against West Hull, and the elimination game is between Thato Heath Crusaders and Siddle. So the qualifying semi, I think the winner of that goes straight through to the grand final and the elimination semi-final, the loser goes out and the winner of that plays the losers from the qualifying semi-final, very similar to the top five playoffs in the Super League. In Division 1, the promotion playoff semi-finals are Featherstone Lions against Wigan St. Pat's and Milford against Stanley. And our two local sides from Oldham are in action in Division 3 this Saturday. Waterhead Warriors are away from home at Drillington and Oldham St. Anne's visit Heworth. Well, the North West Men's League, this results from Saturday the 14th of September. Ulverston 22, Oldham St. Anne's A22, that was in Division 1. In Division 2, West and Lions 22, Wigan St. Patrick's A36. And there was one result in Division 5, Wigan Springview A48, Bolton Mets 2. The fixtures for Saturday the 21st, Premier Division, Ashton Bears play at Rochdale Mayfield A. And Division 1, Folly Lane at home to Oldham St. Anne's A. And in Division 2, it's Hindpool Tigers against Langworthy Reds. Lee Minor Rangers A against Berry Broncos and Wigan St. Pat's A against West Tottenham Lions. There's just one fixture in Division 4 and that's Saddleworth Rangers against so Saddleworth Rangers A against Caddy's Ed Rhinos. Moving on to the North West Youth Leagues. It's getting to that time of year in this uh, department as well with, with playoff games. Sunday the 15th of September we've got some results from back then in the under-16s Group 1. Widnes Moorfield 31, Oldham St. Anne's 14. The fixtures for this coming Sunday the 22nd of September. This is in the under-18s Division 2 playoffs. Langworthy Reds are at home to Folly Lane in a big Salford derby there. In Group 2 of the under 18, it's Salford City Roosters against Wigan St. Pat's and West Horton Lions against Latchford Giants. In the under 16s, Group 1, Oldham St. Anne's are at home to Lee Minor Rangers. Group 2, it's Ulverston against Rochdale Mayfield. And Group 3, it's Wigan St. Jude's against the Berry Broncos. Well, there's all sorts of finals and grand finals and playoff action this time of the year. Looking at the Academy Rugby League now in the Super League, Wigan Warriors beat Warrington 50 points to 22 and St Helens beat Leeds 34 points to 10. So Wigan will meet Warrington in the Academy Grand Final. In Women's Rugby League, some results from the weekend of the 14th of September. It was Wakefield 4 Leeds Rhinos 66 in the Super League, Featherstone 22, Bradford Bulls 14. In the Championship, it was Barrow 16, Alton Redettes 0, Lee Minor Rangers 0, Huddersfield 12, Stanley 26, Witness Vikings 4. And in League 1, Halifax 32, West Leeds Eagles 14, Hull KR 36, Keithley Albion 16, and Wigan St. Pat's 56, Rochdale Hornets 4. The fixtures for this coming week. On Tuesday night, there's a match the 17th between Casford Tigers and York in the Super League. Featherstone play York in the Super League on Sunday, so it's a busy week for York ladies. In the Championship, the fixtures for Sunday, the 22nd of uh, September, is Hull against Warrington Wolves, Alton Redettes against Huddersfield Giants and Witness Vikings against Stanley. And the fixtures for League One this coming Sunday is West Leeds Eagles against Hulkingston Rovers and Wigan St. Pat's against Keasley Albion.
Well, finally this week, I know this is an amateur, but I'll just keep you up to date with the Super League and the Championship and League One as well. It's their playoff action now. On Thursday night, Warrington Wolves play Castleford Tigers in the elimination final. The loser of that one goes out, as you well know, and Rob will be talking about on the podcast with myself. Salford Red Devils away at Wigan on Friday night, 7.45 kickoff in the qualifying final. On Saturday, the 21st of September, it's the Betfred Championship semi-final between York City Knights and Featherstone Rovers. On Sunday, the 22nd of September, it's another the semi-final in the championship Toronto Wolf Plaque to lose Olympic and also on Sunday the Betfred League 1 semi-finals and Newcastle Thunder against Workington Town and Oldham play Doncaster so some mouth-watering games this time of the year be sure to get to Wigan on uh, Friday night to get behind Salford Red Devils in a fantastic season we're having hope you've enjoyed the amateur report I shall see you at Wigan on Friday night take care and have a good week So that was the your amateur report, Paul. There's, there is a breaking news, Paul. I think Salford University are going to announce this tomorrow. Um, I, don't, I feel like we can't spoil their surprise, but they have been giving clues out on Twitter about their new uh, head coach. So if you if you see on Twitter, um, their new head coach, I think is going to be Tyrone McCarthy. He loves his student rugby league. He's come from a student rugby league background and I think he'll be an ideal fit at Salford University. Yeah, sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, when are they going to announce that? Tomorrow, do you say? Yeah, they've been, been doing like, sort of, um, mm. you know, guessing who it is. Right. His face. How do you know it's Tyrone McCarthy then? Well, he's the last one is that the ball doesn't quite cover his face. So it's either... What are you trying to say? He's got a big head. <laughs> saying the ball's not big enough. <laughs> but what, what I'm saying, I've obviously not been confirmed by... Uh, Solved university yet, uh, but I've got a feeling it is him. Right. So that well. makes it exciting because obviously you know our, you know both of our uh, universities, uh, Manchester Met University, uh, Ryan Briley is is, is coaching them. Uh, Tyra McCarthy will be coaching uh, Solved University. Uh, you know both you know very good professionals and uh, our local lads will learn from won't they. They certainly will, yeah. They certainly will, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who it is. That if you're right, you should have put some money on that Tyrell McCarthy. Mm. We'll have to see. <laughs> We're another <laughs> couple of quid for you. Yeah, but I say, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Obviously, he's giving back, uh, you know, to his roots because he came through the other university system, and he, he believes in, in in that, and you know, it's only going to help the the players out in it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's the, the link-ups that we're having with the universities and the student scene in the local area, I think going forward is going to be really exciting, isn't it? And uh, you know, next season, twenty twenty, it'd be great to see more people on board. We spoke to Paul King about it recently, didn't we? About the East Stand becoming a community stand. If we can fill that with the community and students and, and local people, I think it's it's all you know coming together at the moment, isn't it? And uh, you know, it's good to see. Yeah. So just obviously check, keep your eye out on. The Salford University Twitter feed for official confirmation. Um, so that's the, your amateur report, Paul. Uh, next up, what we'll do, we'll look forward to the Wigan game on Friday night. It's time for the Devil of the So, Salford Devils travel to Wigan in their first playoff. Game of 2019. Uh, what a fantastic occasion it's going to be. It's our fairy tale, Paul. The ball is in our hands. Anything can happen. 
Yeah, but let's have a little reality check now. Rob, we've lost three times already to Wigan this season and they're a very good side, very physical side. They've come, for me, they've come up on the radar. I mean, if you go back to the Magic weekend, I'm not sure where Wigan were in the table, but, um, you know, they were quite far behind, behind Warrington and they, eventually, they've, like ourselves, they've, they've pipped Warrington, haven't they, and finished second in the table. So, from where they've come from, to win 12 out of the last 13 games. They've only lost to St. Helens in the last 13 matches, so they, they've done really well. They've come up and, you know, when I've seen them, they've been, I don't think they've been on like a flamboyant side, but they do the little things right, don't they? Very, very tough, very, very physical. Uh, they play it close to the edge. Um, one of the players I've been very impressed with this season is the young uh, forward, Oliver Partington. He's a real wind-up merchant, very, very aggressive, but he's not going to be playing, I believe. I believe he got banned, uh, so he's going to miss this game. Uh, so that's that's a, a good a good plus for us, but it's tough. It's going to be physical, and you, you go to the DW Stadium, and it's always a difficult place to play. You know, sometimes you, you've got to play the referee as well, haven't you? Because it, you know he'll be influenced by the crowd. They get decent gates there; they'll be chirping in his ear. So it's going to be tough. There's going to be times in that game where we're going to have to defend like our lives depend on it, just like we did at Leeds a few weeks ago. It'll be similar sort of atmosphere. Yeah, uh, looking back at the game previously at Wigan, um, we were very very close in that game, Paul. It was a Jackson Hastings disallowed try after a forward pass from Chris Wellen with about two minutes to go. Jackson Hastings goes over there. It's a two-point got ball game with two minutes to go. That's how close these teams are, I think. Yeah, and I think, wasn't that game Tui Lola here's debut? Yeah. We yeah. And uh, we just lost Robert Louis, hadn't we? Yeah. So, obviously, you had that. And I remember saying to my dad in the first half of that game, we looked a bit... Rudderless on attack, and rudderless is probably a harsh word. It, it, obviously, Tuilal here has gone straight into the side with Jackson Aces, and our attack looked a bit clunky, didn't it? And um, you know, we had we had that to sort of work on. And now, I don't know how, how many months down the line that was at the end of uh, was it July? End of June, that July. Yeah. So we've got a few months down the line now, and sort of eight, nine, ten games later, I think we're playing a lot better than that now. We're playing a lot better rugby league than that now. We've got a lot more confidence about us. Two all here settled in with Jackson Asians. I think we're a different side now. We've been on a fantastic run since then as well. Let's not forget. So, um, so yeah, that was a tough game that, that, that their place. But you know, I think it was twenty eight twelve. Wasn't it the full time score? But I thought that scoreline flattered with and I thought we was we was good and we matched them for long periods of that game, as we did in the two home games. We could have won both those matches. Yeah, like you said, Lola here literally just met everyone the game the day before by the yeah. it. So he was wandering around like a lost, like a lost, like a lost soul. Um, and they scored at the death, didn't it, to make it look bigger and it bigger than it was. So yeah, you know the pressure is on on Wigan. They're Wigan Warriors. It's it's a playoff game. Everyone points for Wigan to, to, to win this. We're we're just enjoying the moment. Confidence is there. Hard work's there. Fairy tales happen, Paul. It has to be said, and you know, if, if we continue to play the process that Ian Watson's put in place, and like you said, now we've got Lola here and Jackson Hastings, you know, firing, as well as the likes of Matt Flanagan and Joey Lusick and Nye Levels, we've got, you know, quality players all over the park, and it's going to, you know, it'll really, I think it'll, it'll, it'll upset Wigan, and it'll unsettle them the longer the game's close. Because the longer the game's close, the more they're going to have doubt in their head that Salford will come. And Salford will win this. If it, if obviously Wigan, what I think Wigan will do, they'll try it. They'll try and get out as early, and do it, do it, yeah. Try uh, and and you know get a big lead and and try and grind us out. But if we can if we can hang on in that first sort of 20, 25 minutes and keep the game tight, the longer this game goes on, it's more for us to win. In, I think. 
I think so. I think we're going to come out of the blocks. I think they'll be aggressive. Um, I think Jackson Ace will have to watch himself because I think I'm not saying the the, the headhunters Wigan, but they'll they'll make him know. So I think they'll try and knock him off his game and try and take him out of the game. Um, whether they do that illegally or legally, I'm not too sure. But you know as well as I do that, that Wigan like to play it close to the bone, and I think that's the way they'll play on Friday night. They'll, they'll come out, they'll try and upset us, they'll try and rough us up. And uh, we've got to um, we've got to combat that. I think we've got to start fast as well. If we can start fast, get a couple of early scores, quieten the crowd down, put a couple of seeds of doubts in their mind. You know, the game's there for us. I think we can take the game, but it's going to be a very tough arm wrestle for me up the middle. They've got a good pack of forwards and a very strong pack. They've got some good backs as well. Got plenty of pace out wide. Just go back to the two games at the AJ Bell. That left edge there, you've got you know where George Williams goes. You've got Greenwood out wide there. Gildart, Joe Burgess. They've got a fantastic left edge. You've got to watch that. If we can move the ball out wide, they've got a lot of an awful lot of pace. There. You've got to watch. They've got to keep tight in the middle. As long as we can keep our defence on Song, I think we can get a result. Yeah, Zach Hardacre, like you said, George Williams, Oliver Gildart, yep. you know, they are kind of sort of world class players, aren't they? And yep. you know, this is what this is what takes you to that sort of next level, this playoff, you know, situation we find ourselves in. And it's a learning situation for us there, Paul. There's there's no expectation for us to, to go and win this game. So we learn how to play in, in a sort of a playoff uh, scenario and we win. And if, if and there's no there's no fear going going into this game, so I can see us winning if you're really Yeah, yeah. I'm not as like confident as you are. I know, as I said before, I'm very cautious, but I can see us winning the game, Rob. I really do. Anything's possible. If you win, if you can win eight games on the spin and finish third in the table, you, you know you deserve to be there. You deserve to be challenging in these big games, don't you? Know? If we play our game plan and everybody steps up and. and the play like we have been doing, we're, we're more than a match for Wigan and we, and we can take this game. You've just got to stay switched on. I mean, if you look back at the two games we lost at the AJ Bell against Wigan, I think one was 26-30 and one was 30-22. It was one score in both of them, wasn't there? And when you look back at those games and analyse them, I think they came down to mistakes, individual mistakes. Didn't they? I think Darrell Alpert's knocked on um, and, and coughed the ball up that game Wigan a try. And I think in the other game there was, a, there was a mistake. I can't remember who it was now. And if you can cut those mistakes out and, and, and concentrate you can win the game. You definitely can win the game. You know, we've got to watch, they've got some big time players. I said, Zach Ardaker is one of them, isn't he? He's an X-Factor player and Williams, Gildart, got Sean O'Loughlin there as well. I mean, he's older than us, isn't he? He's, uh, he's a really, exper- really experienced campaigner, played over 400 odd games and, you know, he, even though he's getting on a bit, he's still very quick between the ears and he might not be as fast going forward anymore, but he's still got the, the, the sort of speed of thought hasn't he and he can manage a game and come up with good plays so they've got the team full of big players haven't they and it's going to make a fascinating game Robert really is yeah like you said Paul it's about staying switched on and that's what playoff rugby is it's, it's staying switched on for as long as you can because obviously yeah, you can't clock off yeah fatigue will come into it but that's where Ian Watson you know that's where he earns his con because he's, he's he's a top coach he knows when players are, are starting to drop aren't they and, and, and he'll pull them off he'll pull them off the field so you know, that's what playoff rugby is all about. It's, we're learning this out with Paul. It's a new experience for, 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 for our club. And, you know, hopefully this momentum that we've got uh, and the confidence that we've got um, and, you know, other things that, that are going on behind the scenes, it's, it's going to be a you know, fantastic night, I think, on, uh, on Friday. Yeah, the only downer for me is I'm working Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be a late night, isn't it? Getting back from, from Wigan by the time we've done all the press stuff and what have you. But I'm not bothered. I'll have a kip on Saturday morning at work. It'll be all worthwhile if we, if we can get a result. I mean, just going back to last week, 
when I woke up Saturday morning, I had no voice left after the, the OKI game. I was really, my voice was really hoarse. I don't know what I, I was shouting too much in that, that second half there. But, uh, well, I forgot to tell you, I've not spoken to you ever since uh, last week. Well, I spoke to you the other night on the radio. I saw Morris Richards at the game on yeah. um, on Friday night. Yeah, he was sat in front of us. He yeah. sat down and I forgot. He was sat two rows in front of us. And at the end, I said to my dad a few times in, in the second half, I said, uh, I'm sure that guy sat there is Morris Richards. And he went, no, no, he's not. Can you see the side of his head? But I'd seen him a few years ago at the Willows Memories and I thought, yeah, it is. So I asked him at the end of the game and sure enough, it, it was. And, uh, you know, the win was dead exciting. But to, to meet a Salford, Salford, Salford's all-time appearance, record appearance of it was uh, really did make me know. Yeah, as Morris Richards was thinking, I was nipped to the game, quiet night, no one recognised me. And then there you are, going all fan crazy on him, jumping up and down. Well, well to be honest with you, I felt a bit sorry for him because I thought, where else would this happen? That you know, the guy that's played the most appearances ever for your club, four hundred and ninety-six games, I think he's played, and nobody recognises him. You know, he should be like on the pitch and yeah. sort of in the VIP section. He's like an absolute hero. But the guy, you know, Morris was so humble, such a lovely man. We were speaking to him after the game, and he came into the press room. You did see him. You were yeah. in the press room with me, didn't you? And um, yeah, he came into the, to the press room. We're getting excited. Now. I forgot you, you did see him, didn't you? I'm just getting excited. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was uh, it was good to see. It really was good to see. But what a lovely guy! Hoping to speak to him as well. Um, I've got his phone number, so we're going to try and line up an interview with him. Yeah, well, like you said, he's so humble. He's not going to ring the club and say, "I'm coming at the game. Give me a ticket." He's not like that guy, is he? I know. I know. You know, he, he just fancied a quick, you know, quiet night watching the, watching his team. Um, and we spotted him. <laughs> but yeah, well, I think you know, he was impressed. I think he was, from what he's saying to me, he was really impressed with the, uh, the rugby league that they were playing. And I think that's what's, what's got him down there watching it. He was really excited for the, for the game at Wigan and, uh, and very chuffed to see how well they were doing. Yeah. Uh, talking about Wigan, Paul, what's the, what's the weather going to be like? What's your weather at, say? Nice. It's going to be really nice. I've looked, looked, looked before at 22 degrees on Friday. Ooh. Uh, I'm off on Friday as well. I've got the day off, so... Uh, it's going to be nice and sunny. going to go a bit cooler at night time, I think, so you might need your big coat sort of come full time, but it's going to be a nice sunny day, so at least you're not going to get wet. So it should be a nice dry pitch as well. To be honest, we'll be jumping around, hopefully celebrating, so you probably won't need your big coat, you'll be all sweaty, but maybe thin coat, as you'll be, because through the day it'll be warm, won't it? I've got to take my coat because I have to wear the same clothes every week. This is true. Are they in the wash now, or are they being dried or what? Well, I wore my jumper on Saturday because I went to church and got it blessed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it's been blessed for uh, for Friday night. So it'll be it's down there on the floor in the bedroom. So it'll be ready for uh, Friday night. Wait a minute, just rewind a bit. You, you, you're blessing your clothes now. Well, I go to church on a Saturday night. I'm, yeah. I'm a good Catholic lad, so um, I do go to church as much as I can. So uh, you get blessed, don't you, when you go to the front to get your Holy Communion. So, um, you know, Catholics listening or not, I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, did, how, did that, how did that conversation sort of break out between you and the, the priest? Did you just, like, sort of show him and say, can you do me a favour? Can you just No, they just, they just bless you. They automatically bless you when you go up for your, um, your communion. Ah, right. And I lit two candles as well at the end. Oh, you do, you do, you're doing your bit, aren't you, Paul? To yeah. get us over the line. <laughs> yeah. That's to be said. You're doing your. I, 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 it feels like I need to go and do something now to 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 help the help the cause. Good job. You're a good job. Hmm. Um. So score score prediction, Paul. Do you know what? I've got a League Express on Monday, and all of them back and I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what the score is going to be on um, on Friday night. So I just had a guess. I think it's going to be close. I just went twenty two eighteen to Salford. I've no idea. 18 Salford. Is, is there a backstory to that? Um, 
Jackson Aston's will score the winning try. <laughs> Jackson Aston score the winning try against his new club. Against his new club, yeah, that would be that would be fair to tell, stuff, wouldn't it? And like kissing the badge and stuff. They might well, it'd be interesting to see the reception he gets from the Wigan supporters on Friday night. Yeah, won't it? It'll be interesting that because obviously if he does a bit of that, they might not want him, and then they'll, they'll have to come back to us then. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, <laughs> the, that's the that's the story. That's the that's the big plan. Um, me. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I'd say the longer it goes on, uh, the more it plays into our hands. Um, so I'm going to go Salford 19, Wigan 12. And I'm going to go with uh, Inu with the drop goal to, uh, to, you know, to push us clear with about two minutes to go. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a great plan, doesn't it? Yeah. Obviously, roll on the set Owens on the week after. Yep. Yep, I'll um, do that as well. Yes. So that's the end of this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast, Paul. We're getting towards the end of the season now. Uh, and we'll need, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do our Player of the Year awards shortly. Because yep. we totally yep. forgot about it. It's just looking at we've got maybe two or three games here. Otherwise, why don't we do it on Friday? Because me and you were going down early on Friday, aren't we, until we're good? Yeah. So uh, we'll. We'll go and get ourselves a coffee and we can uh, we can put it together then, can't we? Yeah. That's, our That's an idea. Yeah. Put our nominees together and that and we could we could do it on next week's podcast, couldn't we? We can. We're gonna do that. And also, you know, like the three word match report that people do every week. Yep. We we said we were gonna do a trophy for that, weren't we, as well? Yep. Yep. So it's gonna be a, it might be a, a long a long week of having to listen to every podcast we've done this season. To, to, to find out who was voted for. But I think it's going to be fascinating who wins that because you might not necessarily be who you think it's going to be. Mm. Yeah. We should we should call that something after the name after the famous player, shouldn't we? You know, like the, the Albert Goldfort medal yeah. goes in Elite Express because it, it's been voted for by the listeners. Perhaps we should call it the Gus Risman Award or something like that. You know, for... Uh, well, we'll talk about this on Friday, anyway. Yeah, well, we could we throw it out to our listeners, couldn't we, as well? And let yeah, them have a, yeah. Let yeah. them have a say and what, what we, should, we should call it. Oh, and don't forget the competition as well. Um, a gentleman came up to me at the game on Friday night. It was Ian Jackson. Um, <laughs> he came and shook me hand and said, thanks very much for... He, he, he heard about the competition and that, and he said there was no rush, but I said, we'll, we'll sort it out with him. And um, the, the guy, Phil Higgin, is it? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll sort those shirts out for a moment before the end of the season. He came up to me and said, where's my shirt? And you went, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. No, he was very nice, actually. He's yeah. enjoying listening to the show. Yeah, so yeah, fantastic. Uh, we'll get them organised, won't we? Um, yeah, so that's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Another great show, Paul. Really enjoyed this one. Yeah, so did I, mate. Looking forward to it. And uh, I shall see you on Friday, buddy. Yeah, so that's been Paul Whiteside. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at the ITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and radio contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live. Radio Contact.